The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor. And so Jesus begins his ministry. It ends this gospel with, this text is being fulfilled today even as you listen. And is it? Is it being fulfilled today even as we listen? That the Spirit of the Lord has been given to him, to Christ, and to the church. For he has anointed Christ. He has sent him to bring good news to the poor. Is it alive? Is it being lived today? It's a very important and beautiful, profound question. Are we living of it today? I think there's really no excuse anymore. There's no reason to allow ourselves to fall short anymore. The second reading shows that there are many parts to the church. There are teachers. There are plumbers. There are uh, the catechists. There are those that um, help to install the benches out there. There are those who will preach. There are also those who are poor and those who are rich. Those who are struggling to live of the faith and those who have strived to acquire virtue all their lives. There is a wide variety in the church. And the church is large enough to hold them all. To hold them all. Anyone that is in any state, as long as he opens his heart to Christ, as long as he asks for this spirit, the church is large enough to hold them all. But there really is no longer any excuse for the spirit has been given. It's interesting. We live much of our life even, not just in relation to God, but in relation to our friends too, in everyone around us, wasting time. Spend much of our life not striving for the essential or for excellence. Children grow up and we don't know where the time passes. For often we do not seize the day. It's something that is good to meditate on every once in a while. That today, there is no excuse for not striving, not reaching out again. Whether you're on the bottom of your life, you've hit that rock bottom, or you're not. There is no excuse for not striving. And what do we strive for? Well, love, right? We strive for giving our hearts to the poor. We strive to give our hearts to our brothers and sisters. We strive to live and to be fully alive, to love our children and our wives and husbands. Of course, we strive to love God as He deserves. And there is no excuse for not standing up today and walking forward. The Bible and the entire tradition cries out that if you are so far away 
that you think that you can never be forgiven, you are fooled. For your sins are nothing but a drop in comparison with the infinite ocean of God's mercy. But nevertheless, you do have to stand up and walk forward. You do. You have to strive for virtue. Virtue is this habit that is ingrained into us through repeatedly good action so that it becomes easy to do it. And not only does it become easy to do it, it's actually all of a sudden things change in your life and you actually have fun or you have joy doing what's good for you. And you have sadness doing what's bad for you. It's interesting because you can establish actually You can actually establish habits that allow you to have joy doing what's right all the time. But you have to strive for it, and you have to realize that you're not alone. Whether it's the second reading that talks about how we are one body, and that we hold each other up, or it be things like AA, (laughs) you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, that's going to speak about how you really uh, need to depend upon a higher power and you cannot do this alone. You know, wherever we go, it's obvious we cannot achieve virtue alone. It's like that bag of rocks I was talking about yesterday at a marriage I was celebrating. That bag of rocks, we all are in a bag of rocks together. And the God is shaking that bag and shaking that bag and shaking that bag. And all of us are bumping up against each other, right? And over the years, those rocks become smooth. And they learn how to slide up against each other. But in the beginning, they're jagged. The striving for virtue in the beginning, of course, is not necessarily easy. But there is no excuse For God is alive. There is no excuse to fall short. I was reading St. Ignatius of Loyola and his spiritual exercises the other day. Reading over them again. And it had been a while. I was touched by one of his points right at the beginning. He says, Satan and all the angels were damned eternally to hell for one sin. It's a little more complicated, but yeah. They were damned to hell for one sin. And then St. Ignatius asks himself, well then, wow, you know? How many have I done? And how much have I fallen short? And he uses that to emphasize a point, because Satan's sins was a pretty big deal. It was a direct, conscious refusal explicit refusal of God's love. Saying, I do not want that. I will not serve. I will not serve. And he was so explicit that he never changes his mind. But nevertheless, it's important to realize that there is something that we're striving for, and that is heaven. Certainly not hell. (laughs) Certainly is heaven that we're striving for. And if the Spirit is alive, and it is, we don't have time to muck around 
We don't have time. God does not ask us to be perfect in this world. He does ask us to be perfect in love. He does not ask us to be a perfect ballerina or, I don't know, a perfect plumber. But he does ask us to be perfect in love. You can fail in all kinds of things, but there's one fight worth getting up again, worth striving even more for, and that is the battle for true love, for the love of the Holy Spirit. It is worth fighting for. And there is no time like the present. If you're eight years old, or if you're 80 years old, it is today. And how do we do that? Oh, there's so many things that need to be said about virtue and the striving for virtue in view of love. (coughs) But it begins with that recognition that I do need my brothers and sisters. It begins with that recognition that we are all a band of sinners. Yes, but we go and we confess. We go and we ask for forgiveness. Because how can we strive if we don't begin on the right foot? Love is never reconciled without forgiveness if it's been broken. It always begins with that forgiveness. And God is always standing there. And if there's things we need to work out in our lives, we start that road. Sometimes it takes two days. It takes me two days to get over to confession. Sometimes it takes me six months or a year or two before I'm able to make it because of the state of life I'm in. But I am consciously actively getting up and walking towards it. Because there's no time like the present. If I'm dressed in green today, it's because we've begun ordinary time again. And every year I like to say that ordinary time is perhaps my favorite, along with Lent. Because it's ordinary. And in the ordinary comes the extraordinary. It's in the ordinary things in our day that we strive to love. The beautiful moments, the high moments of the year are great moments of love. But I find almost more beauty in the daisy often than the rose. In the daily offering. In the little offerings that we make rather than the great moments. Sure, I love the great moments too. But it's in the daily that we strive for virtue and we move away from evil. And we keep our souls from being damned. (laughs) Because we do still believe in that, by the way. (laughs) We do still believe in a hell. We haven't gotten rid of that yet. If you look at the catechism of the Catholic Church, it's still there. It's still there. We just don't like talking about it too much. And I don't know why. I don't like dwelling on it. But if I don't know about it, that's pretty bad too. So let us strive and ask for God's love and hold each other up, seeking virtue, the habits, that is, that form us to love the good, to love what is beautiful, easily, without any problem, 
and have joy in doing it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.